Welcome to our word for the week. Good to have you with us again. And today we're going to be talking about the omnipresence of God. The omnipresence of God. We know that our quest is to walk with God. Micah 6, 8 tells us, He that has showed you, O man, what is good, what does the Lord require of us, but to do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Okay? To do justly talks about our relationship, our character, who we are. To love mercy is dealing with other people, our attitude towards other people. And to walk humbly with God is really the quest. That's where it started in the Garden of Eden. And that's where it should end up. Adam walked with God. And so we're going to look at that today because when Adam walked with God, his world was a paradise. When he stopped walking with God, everything fell apart. And so we need to be aware of this. So we're going to look at it. Can you, can we, can we all walk with God as Adam walked with God? As some of the Old Testament saints walked with God, such as Moses and Enoch and others, you know? Or is it just for people who are special, who give their lives to contemplation, mystics? Or is that not the case? Can the ordinary person, just like you and I, walk with God? And the answer is yes, if you desire with all your hearts. If we can, as it were, negotiate the stumbling blocks of Christian tradition and dogma and downright unbelief, you know, the Bible shows us, tells us right from the beginning to the end that it is purpose for us to walk with him. For instance, in Genesis 3, 8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord now, the uh, sound of the Lord. And then in Genesis 12, 1, And the Lord said to Abraham, Exodus 4, 13, The Lord said to Moses, Deuteronomy 28, 1, Listen to what the Lord is saying. Listen to the Lord your God. Joshua 1, 1, And the Lord spoke to Joshua. We have in the New Testament, Acts 11, 12, it's where it says, And the Spirit bade me go. Okay. Acts 8, 26, the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. So we have all of these occasions all the way through the word of God. And um, Moses talked with God face to face. Uh, so we have this right through the Bible. And the Bible tells us that God is no respecter of persons. It's important to understand that. But first we must lay some foundations first. In Matthew 7, 22, it says, We have prophesied in your name, we've cast out demons in your name, we've done many work, mighty works in your name. But Jesus said, I really don't know who you are you've never had a relationship with me. And I have not had a relationship with you. Depart from me, he said. You know, they moved in all of the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of healing, all of the gifts. And, uh, but it didn't mean that they were spiritual people. 
if they didn't walk with God. They didn't have a relationship with God. And we need to understand that. This is fundamental to our understanding. Walking with God and moving in the gifts of God are two different people, two different things. People who move in the gifts of the Spirit are not necessarily mature at all. Now that needs to be part of our understanding. Now, to understand the attributes of God is important. The Bible says that God is an omnipotent God. Well, what does that mean? Well, it comes from two words, omni, which means all, and potent, which means powerful. In other words, omnipotent, all-powerful. We have an all-powerful God. He, is, he has the ability and power to do anything. And that power is exercised effortlessly. You know, a good example of God's omnipotence is in the name El Shaddai, which means self-sufficient or almighty. See, God's power is unlimited. He is all-powerful and he is able to do what he wills. However, <clears throat> he is restricted what he does um, to his will, to be governed by his nature, which is love. So he won't work outside of who he is. God is love, his nature. So God can do anything that is in harmony with his perfections, <clears throat> which is love. So Ephesians 1 and verse 18 tells us this, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in his saints. See, God has an inheritance in you. And uh, there's a fulfillment. We need to fulfill his inheritance within us. Ephesians 1.9. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? Now, it's important, that little phrase, to us who believe. His greatness, exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Since he has command, the Lord has command over all of the power in the universe, he is omnipotent, he can do anything, he can do it easily without any pressure, he can do that through you, he can do it through me, all his acts are done without effort. He expends no energy that needs to be replaced. He is the omnipotent God. And above all, the very essence of his nature, with this kind of authority and power, the essence of his nature is love. God is able to bring to pass everything or anything that he chooses. He has no limitations. Only the limitations which he places upon himself, which is according to his character. In the book of Job, it tells us in Job 42 and verse 2, God says that he can do all things and nothing can restrain him. Wow. Genesis 18, 14 simply says, is anything too hard for God? The answer, of course, to that is no. So, God is an omnipotent God. And so we need to understand the attributes, the nature of God. Secondly, and it's what I want to talk to you about today, 
God is also omniscient. Now, what does that mean? God knows everything. His knowledge is complete. This is called omniscience. He knows every thought, every emotion you have. He knows this individually for everyone in this world at the same time. Now, think about that. In Isaiah 40 and verse 28, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, and he never gets weary. There is no searching, it says, of his understanding. He understands everything. Job 37:16. Do you not know the balancing of the clouds, the wondrous works of him, who is perfect in knowledge? The omniscience of God is very important for us to understand. He's perfect in knowledge. However, to survive the next few years and the storms that are coming upon this earth, we need to learn how to really walk with God in a greater way. And we must understand another aspect. In order to do this, to walk with God, we need to understand another aspect of the nature of God, who he is. He is, the Bible says, omniscient. Now, what does that mean? It's vital that you understand this. He is omnipresent. He's not just omniscient, but he is omnipresent. God is perfect in that he transcends all time, space, limitations. The very universe, the Bible says, can't contain him. His whole being fills every part of the universe. At the same time, he is present everywhere at the same time. You need to think about that. He is not diffused throughout the universe. He's present at each point in the universe, always in his fullness. See, God doesn't come and go. We come and go. He is always present. It's really important that we grasp this if we're going to really learn to walk with God. You know, Solomon built a temple for God to dwell in. And when he dedicated, the, the power of the Lord came down in the temple. But he said this in 1 Kings 8, 27, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot contain him. How much less than this house that I have built him. In other words, he was saying, I know God's presence is in this temple which I have built, but he said the heavens and the heavens of the heavens, multi-universes, cannot contain him. Um, Isaiah 66, 1, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. You know, David had an understanding of this, a really good understanding. In Psalm 139, verse 7, he said, Where can I go from you? Where can I hide from you? Where can I go from this, your spirit? Whither shall I flee from your presence? If I send up the heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, I'm there. You are there, Lord. Even there shall your hand lead me, and the right hand shall hold me. So David was saying, there is no place in this universe where God is not present. So it's clear, God does not come and go. You may or we may lose the awareness of him, 
but he hasn't moved. We have moved away. He is still there. And it's important to understand that. His omnipresence is everywhere at the same time. It's not enough just to understand that. You must believe it. It's one thing to understand. It's another thing to believe. He is always with you. And at the same time, with millions of other people across the face of the earth. All at the same time. So he's talking to someone face to face in China, he's talking to someone else in Australia, someone else in Fiji, someone else in America, hundreds of people, thousands of people. He's talking, he's appearing to and talking to them all at the same time. And so we need to understand this. He knows every thought of you have. That's a bit scary. Every thought. He knows every emotion that you have. He is omnipresent everywhere. See, in Hebrews 13, verse 5, it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with the such things that you had. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what God said. And never means never. I'll never leave you or forsake you. He didn't say, if you are good, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No, he didn't say that. He put any re any requirements on that. He said, "I will never leave you, or forsake you." See, we need to understand this. So then, we may boldly say, "The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me." See, we're coming into difficult times, and fear can be a problem. But he said, "If we know the Lord is always with us, there, always, I will not fear what man can do unto me." He is always present and contactable. See, in Matthew 28, 20, it says, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. That's our day and age. He's going to be with us. Jesus was saying, if you reach the end of this world, he said, I will be with you. This must become part of a constant reality. If you believe this, it is so for you. If you don't believe it, well, it's not so for you. It's not real, in other words, for you. Only what you know to be the truth and believe is real in your existence. So it requires faith. Faith, you must believe. In Hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe he is. He is what? He is there. And he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Every time we come to the Lord and become aware of him, he uses a reward for that. God's omnipresence is a great mystery and it can be hard to understand. That's why it requires faith to believe this. This must be deeply rooted in our belief system. Sometimes... We feel his presence, sometimes we don't. That doesn't change the fact and the reality that, he's not there, that he is there. You know, you cannot please God, the Bible says, without faith. Knowledge is not enough. We have to believe. Understanding the omnipresence of God is not enough. We have to believe. 
And that is the foundation, the only presence of God is the foundation of our walk with him, our relationship with him. So it must be ingrained into our reality. So once we believe this, the, in the omnipresence of God, then we must learn how to access him. God is a spirit. See John 4, 24, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now here lies the problem. God is a spirit. And it's difficult for most people to have a relationship with an invisible spirit. That becomes quite difficult. So God gave us the ability to cross that boundary. And it's called imagination. See, God gave us imagination, not a bad thing, it's a great thing. He gave it to us, imagination. And uh, this is where imagination comes in. Imagination is key, the key to awareness. First, you must believe that he is always there with you. Then you must use your imagination, the unseen realm, to connect. You know, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 26, in verse 3, it says, I will keep him perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because he trusts in him. The word mind here is the Hebrew word yetzer, and it's the Hebrew word for imagination. So, that will keep him in perfect peace whose imagination is stayed on the Lord because he trusts in you. You know, imagination of heart and mind Listen to me, the imagination of heart and mind, the heart is the motive, heart and mind opens up the spiritual realm to you, connects you to the unseen realm. See, God is a spirit, an invisible spirit, takes the heart and the mind to connect. Hebrews 11 verse 6, but without faith it's impossible to please God. You can raise the dating door, all kinds of things, but without faith... It's impossible to please him. But he that comes to God must believe that he is. He is there. And a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So there's a part of you that can access the so-called unseen realm, the realm of the kingdom of God. You have a spirit that can connect with that realm. But to connect with your spirit in awareness requires imagination. So, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, while we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. Whoa, how do we look at something that you can't see? Well, the things which are seen, everything around us is temporal, but the things which are not seen, the other realm, which is the most, uh, more real than this physical realm, but the things that they are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So how do we do that? How do we look into the unseen realm? Paul is saying we can look at the unseen realm. Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith, here we come again. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's also the evidence of things we cannot see or the unseen realm. You know, Humans have the power 
or ability to cross into the natural physical barrier into the unseen realm of spirit. If you believe, it is real for you. Faith is a substance. What does that mean? You know, substance, it comes from the Greek word hubastasis, which is the foundation from which everything stands under. See, faith is a substance which creates a reality. Say that again, faith, when you're operating in faith, it creates substance. Faith is a substance which creates true reality. It is the evidence of things that which are unseen to the natural eyes. Faith is the underlying reality for things we cannot see. That's why it takes faith to please God. The Bible tells us faith is part of the nature of God. Colossians 1.17 says, And he is before all things, and by him all things exist, or consist, exist. The word exist there is sustainio in the Greek, which means are sustained. He is before all things, and by him everything is sustained. All things are real and held together by faith. So, as we connect to the Lord, by faith, we connect with his realm, which becomes accessible to us. See, he is the door. We must connect through him to his, his realm. The realm of God, heaven, paradise, and much more. The connection is made through the Lord. He said, I am the door. No man, the thief climbs, climbs up some other way. Now, the whole New Age movement understood, understands this even better than most Christians. Focus is important. You see, the New Age, they focus on Buddha. They focus on, you know, Hindu spirits. And they connect with them. They get into that realm, the Bible says, another way. Climbeth up another way. Our way, the only door that we have to the kingdom of God is through the Lord Jesus Christ and our connection with him. We must never connect that to that realm outside of him. He is the door that opens that realm to us. We must become aware of the Lord. And he is the door to all of that. You know, Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and him with me. Right. That knock. What is that? It's an awareness, a hearing, a perceiving, something from the other realm. He's always knocking, wanting to connect. You know, you must open the door. Can call your name. You feel have you ever been somewhere walking down the road somewhere and you felt somebody called your name, but there's nobody there? Who is that? The Lord. Sense of his presence. Knock. And you turn to him. He is the door. He doesn't come and go. Sudden sense of his presence. Can be that knock. Trying to enter he wants you to enter him. Let him in. The Lord basically is getting your attention and you have to tune into that. 
You know, humans have an incredible tendency or ability, and particularly Christians, to make the simple truths really complicated. We call it theology. Making the ability to make simple things really complicated. You know, there is a key. Becoming God conscious opens up the realm of God to you. The so-called unseen realm. The more you are conscious of the Lord, the more his realm will open up to you. It's not rocket science. You have to foster, work on awareness. How? Well, you need to, first you need to include the Lord in everything that you do. Everything. Whatever you do, washing the dishes, driving, at work, include the Lord in it. Talk to him what you are doing. Include him in your life. Now listen to me. If you include him in your life, he will include you in his life. Got that? If you include him in your life, he will include you in his life. You see, if you draw near to him, the Bible says he will draw near to you. The, the initiative is with us. Draw near to God. James 4.8, he will draw near to you. Hebrews 10, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith. A full assurance of faith that he is there. He's omnipresent. He hasn't gone anywhere. So you use your mind, imagination, and speech to connect with the Lord. This must become a way of life to us if we're going to survive the days that lie ahead of us. He that comes to God must believe that he is there. He's everywhere at the same time. He fills all in all. The unseen realm was and always is the first reality. This physical world is just the second reality and it's inferior to the first reality. Who comes to God must believe that he is. We must move on with our relationship, you know, with the Lord. You know, on the, on the 28th of July this year, we had another blood moon and the the Earth, the Moon, and Mars lined up. Actually, it was the longest blood moon we've, we've had for a very, very long time. And uh, the lineup of Mars. Mars is known, always has been known as the God of War. The Moon, of course, is the Church, which reflects the Sun. And then we have the Earth, the physical Earth. So the greatest battle that has ever occurred since the fall of Lucifer is now upon us. We need to understand that. And we need to be, know how to connect and walk with God. The clash between light and darkness is going to resound right across the whole of the universe. The ripple will go through the whole of the universe and create changes. And you were chosen to be alive in this hour. You said, oh, well, why wasn't I just alive in two generations back? Things were much calmer. It was easy to live, but your destiny is to be alive in this time. Time and eternity, listen to me, beginning to merge. 
No, don't say that lightly. Heaven and earth is merging for those who walk in the omnipresence of God. 2018 ushered in a new era whereby things are never going to be the same again. For us to know the times and the seasons is critical. We cannot move on if we do not know the season that we are in. You know, just knowing the season can release grace and favor for us to enter into it. One of the most scariest scriptures in Luke 19.44, talking about the nation of Israel, and it says, And shall lay thee even to the ground, and your children within thee, and they shall not leave thee in one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Word here, the Greek word time is kairos, specific time, an opportune time, a limited certain time. You know, the whole of Israel have been waiting for the Messiah for years, hundreds of years. They talked about it all the time. Wrote scriptures, the scriptures came into being about the, the Messiah, the coming Messiah. And when he came, they missed him. That's pretty scary. Did Israel did not know the time they were living in, and they missed out dramatically. Our doors are opening to a new relationship with the Lord. You need to know the times in which we are living. You can move into a relationship with the Lord that you've never had before. There are levels of relationship, but it starts with the omnipresence of God. So, what are we going to do about it? Where do we go from here? Well, we'll continue with that in the next session. The Lord bless you.